Thank you, music team. What a fantastic worship. Amazing how, you know, when we've got expectant hearts and we draw near to God, how God draws near to us, eh? and there's a real tangible presence of the Lord. Um, I've got my laptop here, and it's not to look really flat at all, but it's just like I'm still halfway through my message, putting it down, so, so it's all on there at the moment. But I was just praying, and um, the Lord gave me a couple of word knowledges, and the first one is, is it Shona? Shona? I'd like to pray for you, please, if that's all right. Is that your name? Yes, it is. Come on up the front. Thank you, Jesus. Ah, <laughs> exciting. That's great. All right. Can you just play D, please? That's cool. Holy Ghost. Now, church, what I want us to do is I'd love you all to stretch out your hand towards Shona. And um, I'm going to pray for her. But part of the word is that I've seen you and you have your head turned up towards heaven. You have your eyes turned upon the Lord. And we're going to sing over you tonight. We're going to sing, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Because in your life, I can see you're a woman of prayer. And there's, there's things that you've been praying for and that you've really been pushing through for. And the Lord's going to, is saying that there's a time of fruition that's coming. There's a time of fruition. I think there are three areas and um, we're going to, just as a t- church, stand with you tonight. We're going to put out our hands towards you, and we're all going to sing, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. And as we sing that, I want you to be open to allow the Holy Spirit to come upon you, but not only come upon you, but to also come through you. So what you get here tonight is not for, yours to, for you to keep. It's actually for yours to take and to give out again. We've got to be like a river. So I'm just going to pray for you, and then we're going to sing for you. Father God, I want to thank you for Shona. I want to thank you for the faithfulness of this woman, Lord God. Father, I want to thank you for the tough times. She stood strong. She's held on to your word, Lord God. Father, I just ask right now that you prove yourself to be a good and faithful God that you are. Father, in the very areas that she is pushing through in, Lord God. Father, you told me there is a time of fruition that's coming. Father, in three areas, and I believe that it's very, very soon. So you just keep praying, you keep pressing, and you're going to see like a 180-degree turnaround in these areas. Father God, Jesus. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look in his wonder. of your Holy Spirit, a fresh touch of the revelation of your word, your living word upon you, Lord God. I release it now in Jesus' name. 
find your faithfulness in Shina. In Jesus' name. You know, Tony, you're one that I believe has struggled. You're one that's tried to do the right thing. You're one that has taken many roads. You've looked this way and you've looked this that way. But you know what? The Lord has carved a perfect plan for your life. He has carved a perfect path for your life. And, my, and the question from the Lord tonight for you is, Tony, are you willing to give up the good things for the best that I have for you? Are you willing to give up the good things? The things that you thought that are fulfilling your life right now, that are bringing immediate comfort but won't hold long term. And they're not necessarily bad things, but they're things that will come to an end. Because my life and you will never, ever come to an end. I am so for you, you've got no idea. My plan for you is big. You've got to hold on to me. You've got to know me. You've got to get to know me. You've got to surrender your heart to me like you. And it's going to be painful because you're going to have to let go of some things that you've held on to. And it comes from being insecure. But you know what? Your security lies in me. Your destiny is in me. And you need to lift up your eyes and look to my, my face. So we're going to sing that song over you as well because there's something in that song and as we sing it, the anointing is going to come upon you. But the question is tonight, the challenge for you tonight, for your life to change from this point onwards is, are you willing to give up the good things for the best? Come on, church, let's reach out our hands again. We're going to sing this over Tony tonight. So turn your eyes upon you. what she looks like through your eyes. Father, that she will get that revelation right into her heart of a child, of a daughter that you're so proud of. I just release your Holy Spirit upon her right now, Lord God, and your anointing. I release it now in Jesus' name. Father, fresh encounters of you tonight. Father God, when she comes to you, Father, that she'll feel the tangible presence 
all their spirit. Father, you would guide her in every decision that she makes, that you would lead her. Father, that you would not only go before her, but you will walk beside her and you'll walk behind her to catch her when she falls to the floor. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God, good, amen. Come on, why don't we just give him a clap of praise? <laughs> Who was here this morning and heard Ian preach? Wasn't it a fantastic message? And I was just thinking, oh my Lord, he's going to take my message. <laughs> I'll have to go, <laughs> and I'll have to go back to the drawing board. Oh dear. No, that's great. But I love what he had to say. And, you know, I love when he said that God is doing something new in this place. You know, and the former things must pass away and we're not to get stuck in the past and the things that you know. Now, that kind of um, kind of enveloped what I wanted to say tonight. Um, and my message is coming out of Psalm 20, verse 7. And actually, Kathy Walsh um, at a staff prayer meeting brought this up, and I was thinking, well, I must be on the right path. And it, said, and it says, some will put their trust in horses and chariots, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Come on, I'm going to say it again. Some will put their trust in horses and chariots, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. You know, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power to overcome. We are overcomers, are we not? Yeah. Oh, some of us are. That's good. And, but you see, you know, in order for us to become overcomers, we've got to overcome. You know, but God give us, gives us the power. He gives us the spirit inside of us. He gives us every tool that we need to actually be overcomers. And you know what? What I loved, I was looking at um, what miracle can I, can I use? You know, some of us, we're thinking, well, what part in, my, in our life can God take, you know, make a, um, be a part of? And I thought, I wonder how God started off and how did people come to a place that they actually trusted his word and trusted what he did. And um, uh, I went to the first miracle that he did, and that was when he turned water into wine. We all love that one. Come on, we all love that. And it's when he takes the natural water and, and it becomes supernatural. Now, this is the first recorded miracle, and it's found in John 2, verse 11. And I'm just quickly going to read it because there's something out of there that I thought was quite funny. It says, On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus said to him, They have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus said. My hour has not come yet. His mother said then to the servants, Do whatever he, which is Jesus, tells you to do. And Jesus basically took his hands off at that stage. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for the ceremonial washing. Now remember that part here. Each holding 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water, so they filled them to the brim. Then they told him, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Now you see, the ceremonial pots, 
if we to have a look at that, we just think, oh yeah, they just hold water. But actually, when people were coming to this great big banquet, people had been riding for a long time on donkeys, they were dusty, they were dirty, and the ceremonial pots was actually where they washed their hands and their feet and everything else in these pots. And so then Mary was telling the servants to go fill these pots again with water. So when the um, water then was turned into wine, guess what they were drinking from? You could almost think it was kind of about like a laundry tub thing or, oh, God forbid, a toilet or something like that, you know. And it's like in, in the people's mind, they'll be thinking, why would we want to drink out of that? Why would he turn wine into that? We shouldn't really listen to what he has to say because actually up until that part, did Jesus really have any creative credibility? Because that was really his first miracle that he had done. So really what they had to do then is default on who he was, not what he had done before. So when, it, when Mary said, do whatever he tells you to do, he's saying, trust him. And you know, when God speaks into our circumstances, God's going to say, I'm saving the best till now. You know, there is power in my word. So it's like trust in who you know, not what you know. It was the first time that something actually happened. I was, I was thinking, well, it was nothing that was quite that significant, really. It was just wine at a wedding. You see, out of that, it was actually laying a foundation of things yet to come. You know, he had to kind of start there. Now, for me, it kind of said, well, God's interested in every single circumstance of my life. He's just not interested in the big things, though he is interested in that. But actually every detail, every circumstance of my life, every circumstance that we walk through, God actually wants to be part of. So when we're at the end of our line, why is it that sometimes that's when we call on the name of the Lord? Why is it that we put ourselves through all of this and then call on the name of the Lord? Who's been there, done that? You know, but what God's saying is, is that I want to be involved in the first part because actually it's in the process of getting to that part that my work's being done. And I'm teaching and I'm showing you things. And um, if he, he wants to have the miraculous in every aspect of our life. Why live an ordinary life when we can actually go from the water into the supernatural wine? Why live an ordinary life same old, same old, same old, doing what we do when we can live and go into the supernatural of the wine. You might ask, what can Jesus do for me? You know, Jesus can do everything. He is our all. He is actually our being. We were created to worship him. We were created to do what he wants us to do. Trust, and I got this, trust lifts the limits of the power of Jesus flowing in our circumstances. It actually lifts, because once we trust them with something, then we come up here, and then we trust them with something else, and then we come up here, and it actually lifts the whole thing. So the more that we learn to trust him, and we actually start to learn on, lean on who we know, not what we know, our, our trust goes like this, and then like this, and like this, and where there's trust, my goodness, there's strength and trust. We overcome when there is trust. So my question is, what circumstances do you need Jesus to take control of? What circumstances do you need Jesus to take control of? Oh man, I had a long list like this. It was huge. Long, long list. I won't even go there. 
<laughs> but you know, I was thinking, well, what, what's, another, what's another story that we can look at? We can look at Abraham. Yeah, Abraham, you know, he was, God told him he's going to be the, it's going to many, many descendants, but he had his, this wife, and he goes, she can't get pregnant. And I love that. Why is it always that the woman gets blamed? You know? <laughs> and, and, you know, and so he defaults to plan B. Gives it into his own hands, and so like with his maidservant. And you know what? A lot of the wars that are happening today come from the very thing of the decision that Abraham made back then. Now, God's forgiven him for that, but, you know, the consequences of that carry on. And that's because he defaulted to plan B, not plan A. We've really got to learn that there is no plan B. I'm a great plan b you know. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I was always brought up with plan A, B, C, D, whatever, and take it off. But I've got to learn that there's only one plan, and that's God's, God's plan. That's the A plan. You know, so... We've got to make decisions based on the one that we know, not what we know. We need to get to the place where we default always to, to knowing who Jesus is and what he carries. You know, some of us have some great life experiences. And, you know, I have. And they're not to be knocked, but we can't allow it, allow it to cloud us and mould us for the decisions that we make for our futures. You know, we, we just can't. Some of them are great and we learn from them. But is that going to be what always rules and governs us by experiences and choices? No. We've always, every time, we've got to come back to the Lord and trust him. We need to, in Hebrews it says that faith comes by hearing, not by seeing. Now, I guess, you know, inside of us, we think, well, if I see it, I believe it. Who's like that? Come on. If you saw, if you, if you saw someone... And, I mean, of course, it raises your faith when you see someone. And, look, I had the privilege of going over to Nigeria with Pastor Mike and Joy. Um, gosh, it'll probably be about eight years. And I always had a heart, and, and I, I knew that God could heal. But we went over to Nigeria to the, um, the synagogue over there with TV Joshua. And there were thousands and thousands of people there that, um, you know, that had come to these gates, and they had sicknesses like you've never, ever seen before. They had um, open wounds that were oozing. You know, um, women, you know, it's all in context. So, um, but, you know, they would, they would be topless, but they'd have breast cancer that was just open. You'd never see that here because you'd never allowed to be, get to that stage. But over there, they didn't have the medication. And their only way of living was to be healed. And, you know, they would literally, as they walk past you, grab your hand and try and get it to lay it on top of them because I knew that if... Oh, we've got a white tail. Could have gone up my trouser leg. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, but you see, they would grab, because their faith was is that they'd heard that there was a man of God there, and if they just got one touch of him who's connected to God, that they would be healed. Now, I saw so many people healed there. There were people that were crippled, and, and it was just great. And actually, you know, just the place of being in that place of faith. But you see, the thing that got me the most were the consistent stories that I heard of what God did for these people. It was more the hearing. You know, I, I did see a lot of things, but hearing. And it says in Hebrews that faith comes by hearing, not by seeing. And if we position ourselves to hearing from God, we position ourselves to breaking through in circumstances. 
you know, Seventh Seal would have bought wine from somewhere else or listened to other things to what could be done. But instead, what they did was they listened to Mary. They heard and they put their faith in who he was and what would come from him as opposed to history, which really wasn't much because that was Jesus' first miracle. I've learned that sometimes when Jesus speaks, it doesn't always seem logical or it doesn't actually seem the right path. You know, you think, God, what are you thinking? This is what, isn't what I signed up for. Not really. And this would be a lot more logical because um, if you work it out this way, um, and I've got X amount of dollars, and this is really what I want to do, this is the course of action and path I should be taking. And it doesn't seem logical when God comes in and he's got a plan that's uh, 180 degree turned upside down. And you think, what are you thinking? That couldn't possibly work. But Jesus has an amazing way of knowing where things are going to end up. So he actually speaks into the circumstances, knowing that if you just simply be obedient, as being obedient is better than sacrifice. Being obedient is better than, is better than sacrifice. Uh, sorry, other way around. Yeah. So if you position yourself ready for the breakthrough he has for you, if we are wanting to be people that understand how to trade in the miraculous, then we simply need to default to who we are, who we know, and simply hear and obey. But, you know, we live in a world of challenges, and my, my thing is, is that how do we hear and how do we act on that when constantly we've got all these challenges in us, in facing us, and, you know, we've got kids that, you know, you can tell them, and it's like they almost come up with a challenge before you've even given them the solution. You know, it's just like, you know, you're trying to tell, tell them and... and mold their life and everything, but they're, they're already saying, but so-and-so this, and, and but this, and no, I heard of another way of this and that, and, all, and they're constantly challenging us. And we're like that. You know, God might tell us something, but we come up with a but. But. We're always challenging. Now, sometimes in the right context, that's fine. You know, we, we do. We, we've got to challenge things and all that, but do we make that a principle as opposed to leaning on who we know, not what we know. Now, are we ready to surrender our life to him? That's what it comes down to. Are we really ready to surrender our life, to find out the plan that God has for us so that we will find out really who he is and so we can go, and when we've got decisions to make in our circumstances, that it's who we know that we rest on as opposed to what we know. You know, sometimes I catch myself complicating things by saying, I know and I can see a solution. I see a solution, but we need to step back and hear what God is saying and break through with the solution. It's important to understand the simplicity of what God is wanting us to operate in the supernatural. We've got to watch and we've got to listen. You know, God's way is above the circumstance of your life. We've got to stop actually looking down on the circumstance and asking ask how it's all going to work out. We've got to start looking from the perspective of God and ask, what are you saying to me? And when he speaks, and step out on the basis of what he told you to do. Now, that's the hardest thing. It's one thing to step out of the boat, but it's another thing to let go of the edge of the boat. You know, it's actually going the whole hog. It's actually stepping out and letting go of the boat. I don't mind stepping out. It's just that last little bit little bit of having floaties, <laughs> holding on. You know, 
Who here would say that my circumstances are so insignificant that God wouldn't be interested? Do we ever think like that? Do we come, I mean, do we come to him with all our circumstances? Young ones, do you think that God's interested in every single detail of your life? Do you really know that? I, you, Rook. <laughs> but he is. Yeah, because what happens is if he can if he can get and be the father of your all your circumstances and come into that place, well then you're gonna see yourself change. You're gonna see yourself as a man of faith because you're defaulting on who you know rather than what you know. Because it comes out of relationship, but it comes out of sacrificing your heart to him. If we want supernatural limits lifted, we need to learn to wait. And I know that I hate waiting. It's a here and now culture. We live in an environment that is mass produced and we want to know how quick we can get it. You know, God takes his time. We think he's always late. Oh my goodness, I don't know how many situations I've had. You, you know, you always say, God's coming in right at the 11th hour. Who's had those situations? 11th hour. Or actually the 11th hour, 59 minutes and 59 seconds, point five. You know, and we think, God, you're so late. But you know what? God timed us. And God's timing is absolutely perfect. So we might be thinking he's late. No, 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 no. God's got all the time in the world. <laughs> you know, but it's in his timing. He's never early. He's never late. He's bang on time. But how many of us push that? And we actually end up defaulting to plan B. We actually end up almost robbing God of what he wants to do in our lives, be it a miracle, because we go to plan B and we start to take control of what God should be doing instead of us. God is always working a plan which is way beyond what we understand. God always has a process of what he is taking us through because he has an outcome which is far better than what we could ever imagine. We need to learn that God is just as interested in the process as he is the outcome. You know, it's in the hard yards. You know, it's like with the music team. You know, we've got to practice and practice and practice and practice a song, and it gets boring, and it's a process and all that. My goodness, once we've got it, and then we can bring it to the church, and we can flow in it and all that, all that's added to it is incredible, but it's the process through it. You see, we've got circumstances that if we fast forward, the process of it, we actually rob God of what he wants to do in that time. And that there is probably the bones and the building and the wealth there. And almost probably a little, probably more interested to God than what the outcome is. Because he's interested in us as a person. It doesn't matter. We've got to allow him to prove himself faithful. We've got to allow him to let his promises come forth. We've got to allow him to, to, so that when we step out, all of God's promises, yes and amen in our lives. We've got to give him the opportunity. But if we're closed off and we're defaulting to plan B and we're defaulting to what we know as a who's, who we know, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. We're robbing God of testimonies. I know I have. I've taken things into my own hands. I've made decisions and things like that. And look, they've, all, they've turned out all right. But who knows what may have happened had I taken my hands off and allowed God 
to do what he wanted to do and it be plan A. We need to learn that it's in the waiting that he is clearing the issues. He is sorting things out so that when he gives you what he has purposed for your life, you can step into and will be all you can imagine and more. If we want to lift supernatural limits, if we want supernatural limits lifted, we need to learn to wait. And I hate waiting. I really hate waiting. But we need to learn to wait. We've got to hear that small, still voice. I know that I've heard it. But how many of us position ourselves and we sit and we wait and we wait and we wait or do we get titchy and think no, no something's got to happen now oh, hang on it's 11th hour now we've got to wait you know sometimes we think we've truly come to the end of our road and that God is wanting to make us suffer I thought about that too actually <laughs> and you know the thing is, is that we've got to be careful that we don't allow ourselves to start thinking like that, that God wants to punish us. And that's why he's not coming through, is because he's punishing us. Because we, And then we start to fall into works, as in, oh gosh, I haven't tithed enough, I haven't done this enough, and that's why God hasn't answered my prayer there, and gosh, I must have done something really bad. Um, God's not like that. Our God is a loving God. He's our Father. And if he's, if he's waiting, then we wait. We need to learn, like I said, that God is just as interested in the process as he is in the outcome. We need to learn that it's in the waiting that he's clearing the issues. He's sorting things out so that when he gives you what he has purpose for your life, life, you can step into and will be all you can imagine and more. In Habakkuk 2, verse 3, it says, For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and it will not delay. We have to get into not seeing but hearing. When God brings it, it's perfect timing. It's never late and it's never early. You know, God has a plan for your circumstances. My challenge tonight will be, is what is it in your life? We've all got them. We've all got circumstances in our life that we're waiting for breakthroughs. I know I am. I could look around now, and I know I've spoken with some of you, and you're all waiting for circum- you know, God to come through in a circumstance. But we've got to, in order to move on and to get to that place of faith, we've got to default onto it who we know, not what we know, who we know. And if I go back to the Psalm 20 verse 7, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of our Lord. You know, some people have bowed down, they have fallen, and they put their trust in different things. And you know, God, you know, when it comes to circumstances, he's not only just interested in finances, though he is interested in that. He's not only just interested in marriages and family and things like that, though he is interested in that, but he doesn't want to be limited. He wants to be the all-consuming God, every part of your life. Every part of your life. So tonight, what I want to do is I want everyone to come up because I bet you there's everyone here. And if there's a person sitting down that doesn't have a circumstance in their life that they need God to come through, and I'm sure you're lying, you know, but I'll eat my words otherwise. 
And I really want you to come up tonight and I really want to pray for you. We're going to get the worship team back up again. But I do have a challenge. If there's somebody out there, worship team, if I can have you up, that's all right. If there's somebody out there that doesn't know the Lord and you know you're waiting for circumstances to change, you have a circumstance that you actually can't see past, you need the Lord Jesus Christ in your life. You really need the Lord Jesus Christ in your life. And tonight it could be that last night was the last night you're all by yourself and having to face this issue and this problem by yourself. Tonight you could be with someone, a best friend, a father. So how about we just bow our heads, we're just going to pray. You know, we have a God that's truly faithful and amazing. We have a God that is alive today. We have a God that is, is a ruler and a reigner today. He's not the God of 2,000 years ago when he was hung on that tree and that he died. You know, he rose three days later that we may live in the fullness of what he has for us. Father God, we want to thank you, Lord God, that you want to prove yourself faithful. Father God, that your word will go forth and there will be testimonies that will come through from people's circumstances changing in this place. Father, I want to thank you that you are indeed a God that stands with us. Father God, that your heart is that you would go from your people from this place out into community, Father. That testimony one after the other after the other, be it all, um, whether it be small, whether it be medium, whether it be big, whatever it is, Father, that you, Lord God, came through. Father, help us to come to a place, Lord, that we would default into relying on you, that you would be our fault. It would be like that is our first place that we would come and not rely on head knowledge and circumstances and, and, and experiences of God. Father, I ask that you forgive us for being independent and wanting to take control. Father God, Father, I want to thank you for your presence here tonight. Jesus, I just want to ask if there's anybody here that doesn't know the Lord. Is there anyone here tonight that's come and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? There is, I'll just ask you to raise your hand. If there's anyone here that has heard and thought, I need God in my life to show me what the fullness of life can be. I need Jesus in my life because I've got things in my life I don't know what to do with. I can't see clearly. I feel lonely. I feel abandoned anyone here that needs the Lord Jesus Christ tonight? If there is, just raise your hand. Just ask, why don't we all come up the front? Just ask if you'd like to have a touch of the Holy Spirit, a fresh touch. some of the leaders if they'll come why don't we just make our way up we had a beautiful presence of the Lord come on up we're going to go back into that place of worship and we're going to totally surrender 
our hearts to Jesus tonight. We're totally going to abandon ourselves to him and what he has for us. Come on up the front. There's plenty of room. Can we have some of those lights dim, please? Thank you, Jesus. Come on up the front. That's right. Just come all up the front. There's many of us. We've all got circumstances in our lives where we need to break through. Just to tell you how to do this, one of the key things I've found with the presence of God is to actually be open inside your heart. And literally, you need to actually, literally like this, to actually open up your inside man and display it before the presence of God. So one of the ways I found very helpful for me to come and engage the presence of God like this when I'm standing and, and people say, you just got to open up. And sometimes the question is, how do I do that? It's done by faith, but it's also an action that you need to do on the inside where you willingly, the Bible says to present our bodies as living sacrifices. And part of this, the role of the priest was to open up the sheep. Like, I want you to look at this here a minute. Is to actually open up the sheep like this and expose all the inner stuff. And it was the priest's job to clean the inside man out, not your job. Your job is to open up your life. So I'm going to encourage you as, as we go through this song on the inside, inside of you with your mind, whatever it takes, hang it out. Open up your inner part, your inner man, whatever goes on inside you, open it up freely and expose it to the presence of God. And you'll find that helpful for you. do our own way. Just as we start this thing, I want you to just think of that circumstance that you need God to come into. You need a miracle and you need to see God move in because He is a good and faithful God and He will come through. Jesus. So
is one. 